What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Run It Back. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton. I am joined here today with John Groves, who is the man behind K-State Game Day and all things social media. And it's good to be back in the studio behind the gray microphone. I know usually it's Colby's show for mm-hmm. this half of the summer for, you know, training camp with Colby Van Camp. But this man is on a much needed break Everyone give this man a rest. You got me for today. He'll be back Monday. You got Jasmine as a captain for today. I know that's right. And honestly, I am very, very, very excited for today's show because we have a very special guest. My homeboy, we grew up together, known each other since Mm -hmm. we were five, six years old back in Texas. We have former Peru State defensive back Victor Hubbard. Vic, you there? How's it going, you guys? How's it going? How's it going? Yes, I'm. Good. I'm so happy to have you on here, and also to have you over the phone. Considering, I've been terrified to use this phone on this keep on this board for an entire year. So, thank you for joining <laughs> yeah. us, Vic. It's an honor to be here, man. It's dope. I heard your, your radio show before, man, and I, I was hearing everything you're saying. I keep listening, and you, you, talk, you know what you're talking about, man. And it's real interesting on what you guys dive into, man. So. I'm glad to be a part of it. Man, think that means that means a lot. You're, you're, that means you're, a lot. You're, you're making her blush. I'm. I love because oh. that means because that means so like people other than my parents listen. Colby was talking about this yesterday when someone came up to him at the library. He's like, "Oh wow, you have your show." And it just it just it does make you blush because that means someone other than my mother <laughs> and my father and my uncle every now and again listens to me. So it's a complete honor. So Vic, once again, thank you so much. And also, I have to wish you a happy belated birthday. Your birthday was yesterday, and I, and I did not see happy birthday yesterday. So, please accept my happy birthday right now. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. All right, so we're going to get this started. And like I said, uh, Vic, he was a defensive back at Peru State. Really, really good defensive back, and he's been doing his best to make it into the league, make it to the next level. So, Vic, I just want to know, what are the you had opportunities to kind of play at bigger programs, but what made you want to go to Peru State? Um, well, honestly, you know, it was tough coming out of high school. I really wasn't that guy coming out of high school, certainly because Geyer was one of the bigger schools in Texas, man. We were a big deal, so trying to get exposure. But you all won a uh, national championship, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I wouldn't say that it was because of my efforts. I would say, you know, we we had Gerard Hurd and, you know, we had these guys that were big timers, man. Those guys were, you know, willing to carry the teams on their back, and it was pretty easy for those guys back in the day Um, until we moved up to, to 6A. And then we started really seeing how those boys were. Um, got knocked off in the playoffs, and you know, but we 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 still had guys that were Division One, like all of our starters, Division One. So, you know, um, me being a backup, we kind of had to get it out the mud. It was either you know, you know, you can ball on varsity or or try to ball on varsity, or you can take this JV tape and do what you want with it. And so. Um, you know, me not being on varsity, I had to get it out the mud and just uh, play on JV until it was my time. So, you know, it seemed to work out just fine. But uh, having to pick that smaller school was really the only way that I was going to be able to get some sort of school paid for. So it kind of made it an easy choice. Okay. So I know you've, 
like I said, I've, I've known you for a very, very long time, and I know you've been trying to, you know, trying to make it to that next level. I've seen I've seen all of your, you know, practice videos, you going 1v1 against Dez Bryan. We can talk about that here in a second. But I know it was like after you left Peru, it was 2020. The opportunities were really, really slim to have, you know, pro days at many universities because of the pandemic. So how hard was that in trying to cope with that, knowing you wanted to go to the next level, but having to deal with the pandemic in 2020? Well, let's let's put it like this. Um, there's a lot that isn't told to smaller school athletes trying to make it in a big, big type of pool like the NFL. You know, um, we kind of left out of the loop on what it is. And, you know, it, as much as it is about talent, it's also a business. And so, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, the young people know that uh, coming out. So that's, that's first and foremost that you have to understand that it's a business. Uh, and so sometimes decisions, you know, amongst the league, amongst who they choose, it's not always just about talent. You know, you have to know people. You have to, you have to get your name around some sort of way. It's not about you just necessarily being the best athlete. And so I didn't know that. I didn't know that coming out of college. So, um, you know, it took a big toll. You know, I, I was trying to do a lot of things, um, but not necessarily making the right connections coming out of college. So, um, you know, I kind of wasted a lot of time just working out when I also needed to be reaching out to people, reaching out to different organizations and stuff like that um, because I was a smaller school athlete. So, you know, you don't really pop up on a lot of people's radars. Right. Okay. So, what have you learned about yourself throughout these years of trying of of working out, of trying to get your name out there, and just trying to make make it on a professional roster? Um. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot. I could take it to a public view. I can take. Um, you know, I can take both kind of just what I've learned about myself. Uh, is that you know. Um that I kind of have something special. I do have something very special to offer to a team, uh, to offer to a squad, to offer to teammates. And I learned that, you know, through lots of repetition, seeing myself, you know, in areas with other athletes. So, um, you know, being able to start where we started here in Texas off of just basic competition and wanting to make others better, you know, it started something very special, and now a lot of people are taking hold of it. A lot of athletes are trying to participate in it. And, um, you know, I want to be able to carry that energy, you know, kind of for the rest of my life. But, you know, that's more so what this whole thing has taught me, is how to kind of just be a teammate, really. Like, what it truly means to be one of those. Okay. So, so throughout these of course throughout these years and I like I said I know how hard you've been working because you you show it every, every single time and I know that you have the talent to, to be on somebody's team on somebody's roster you know so have you spent these few years kind of like trying to see what the XFL has or Canadian Football League or is most recently the USFL or even something that was new called the fan control league have you tried looking into those things as well so I've had different offers to go to different teams i would say 
Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I've gotten indoor invites. I've gotten arena ball invites. Um, you know, of course, I've looked into the XFL, uh, you know, the AAF, all the different leagues that, you know, come out and potentially, you know, had some potential as far as giving athletes that type of exposure. Um, but like I said, again, this is a business. And so, you know, with as much as I love the game of football, I honestly want to be paid respectfully uh, to where I feel like my talent level is. Right. And that's not exactly for everybody. So, you know, a lot of people feel like they know what's really going on in the game. Uh, you know, when it's really tough, when you when you actually put your feet out there, you know, people kind of look at different leagues with uh, skepticism uh, and they believe that, you know, indoor players, they can't play as good as NFL players or XFL players. Well, you know, the reason that they're in the XFL is because they didn't have enough talent to get into the NFL. Like these things are, they can't be more than wrong. You know, I've seen, you know, plenty of athletes go from the NFL to the IFL to the CFL, you know, and back, you know, there's a lot of dogs everywhere as far as, you know, when it comes to the football field, but, um, you know, I felt personally as if, you know, I'm going to go out there and give my heart, give my passion, throw my body out there and just go crazy. You know, I need to be paid handsomely for what I, you know, what I do. So, you know, that was one of the bigger things for me is that, you know, as far as uh, who we are as athletes, you know, we are more than athletes, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're just throwing our body out there, man. We're entertainers. And so, um, you know, I put on a good show, I feel. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I want to get paid for that. So, Absolutely, as yeah. you should. And I talked about how you have gone up against Des Bryant 1v1. I know I think you guys do some workouts at SMU every now and again. And can so can you briefly, you know, explain how that was like going up against a legend, that Dallas Cowboys legend in Des Bryant? Uh, you know, honestly, uh, you know, that was life changing. Uh, I remember day one, you know, um, cause prior to this, you know, I did what honestly every, uh, aspiring young DB that wants exposure would do. And I DM Des Bryant, uh, and, you know, told him, I was like, yo man, we need to get some work. Uh, you know, let's, let's get it in. You know, I really, I really think that it'd be different if you went up against me, uh, just because you know I'm not one of those guys you're gonna pick up off the street. Like I'm, I'm really one of those. I'm an underdog athlete, and so uh, you know I felt like you know it was gonna be good for both him and me. So I DM'd him, and uh, you know I never got a response. You know, of course, just because you know Dez probably gets what a thousand DMs a day, man. Probably, yeah. You know what I mean? So um, it wasn't until I saw him face-to-face, you know, uh, finally got the opportunity to put myself in front of Des uh, that, you know, the respect came. And so, uh, you know, at first it was tough just because I hadn't seen anybody so technical. Um, You know, a lot of people look at the film of Des running his routes, 
or, you know, him just kind of moving around, they would say that he's slow. No, this man will literally dust you at his age, at age 35, whatever. You know, he will he will really leave you in the boots, uh, you know. So, you know, it was tough going up against him at first. I had to fight through a lot of adversity, and uh, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, when you're going up, when you take that shot on yourself like that, you know, it really is a risk because, uh, social media is actually a thing. And so, you know, when Dez posted these videos, you know, he's got 7 million followers, dog. Like, it's it's hard to win when you're going up against something like that, when you're going up against fame like that. Uh, and so, you know, we stayed at it. You know, I didn't really care too much for the side comments. Uh, I just kept my head down and kept pushing. And eventually... You know, his starts, his route started going in slow motion for me. You know, I started seeing a little bit more, noticing little habits that he had, um, changing up my leverage every so often. And so, you know, these things I, I had to learn for myself. I had to go through the ringer, uh, seeing what was right and what's wrong, correcting my own technique, uh, and just having a whole lot of different people try and tell me how I should play just because everyone sees Desert videos. Right. So, um, you know, and, and eventually, you know, after going up against Dez, everyone else seemed pretty easy. Not to, you know, knock everybody else that I've gone against. It's just Dez was giving me something so technical because he knew things about the game. All it was was experience. And Dez had a lot of that on me. And so um, he taught me so much just throughout his actions. And, uh, you know, it was amazing seeing it because now, you know, going up against the guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, Jamar Moore, these these guys that you see tearing up the NFL nowadays, you know, it made going up against these guys seem a little bit easier. Okay, that is that is actually a really great perspective in how to put it and how you kind of like had to, had to go through a process just going up against someone who I guess is not an old head but considered an old head in NFL terms and someone as yeah. Des Bryant, who is someone who still has probably a lot of talent left to give on an NFL roster somewhere. So, yep. and I, I know we're going to we get into the real juicy stuff now because I know I talked to you about this before, but you were a part of something called the Major League Football Football League. Um, and it was something that I assume was supposed to mirror other leagues like the USFL and the XFL. But some really shady stuff happened. And I have this clip I'm going to play for all of you guys to kind of get an idea about what the heck all this mess was. The Major League today that due to funding issues, training camp has been suspended and potentially delay the season. Uh, this after players announced they were being kicked out of hotels that were provided for them by the MLFB. NBC 15's Karis Harmon joins us now. Karis, the league was supposed to pay hotel bills and the players and coaches, but didn't. Players and officials tell me this is disappointing because so many were looking forward to continuing their careers. That they had been behind on their hotel payments and the hotels, uh, which is their right, uh, demanded payment and didn't get it. And so they locked the, locked the, the players and the coaches out. Okay, so LaDon, you were, you were a part of this whole thing. And it, it's there, the Major League Football, it sounded like a complete mess when I was kind of reading up on this and how it, you know, kind of came about. But okay, what can what can you tell us? Like, how did you guys all get involved with this? Start start from the beginning. 
Um, so this all kind of started up as a rumor. Uh, it is kind of what I what I get out of it. It, it started up as you know they're gonna start this league. Uh, you know, um, and from my information, they're just gonna start it. And it was just gonna it was just gonna happen. It was going to be five four to five games, uh, questionable about that fifth game. Um and we were just gonna be able to go out and showcase our talent. That's all this was supposed to be. It was, it was supposed to be a quote unquote developmental league. So, um, just a, a basic doorstep for uh us to get into the NFL or even just get filmed. Uh, and get paid good while doing it. So, you know, this was supposed to be um, a break for a lot of us. You know, uh, just because these people haven't been picked up in a while or they just got let go, you know. So this was kind of supposed to be a help for those who got screwed over or felt they needed more exposure. So that's what this was. Okay. So can you kind of – because I was reading up on this, apparently, like, the CEO, what is his name, Frank Murtha, seems like he did not know what the heck he was doing in this in his job in trying to make this uh, developmental league. They they paid the stadium, paid thirty uh, thirty $30,000, you know, out of pocket, but they failed to pay the hotel fees and catering, and then all of a sudden you guys had, like, knocks on your doors telling you guys to get out. Can, can you, like go through what that what that even was was that really did that surprise you did you guys have any warning that this league would fold the way it did you know um as tough as it is to kind of speak on it you know you want to say something brutal just because of how angry you know you are at the situation uh certainly from my point of view you know um just because you know, you believe that, you know, the love for this sport is going to save you, you know what I mean? Like, that's all this was for a lot of the guys there is that, you know, we're doing this and we're out here grinding for the love of the sport. And so, you know, we kind of feel taken advantage of. We kind of feel, you know, obviously feel cheated. Uh, and, you know, now we don't kind of necessarily know what to trust, you know, because we were told that this was taken care of, that we were going to be taken care of. Uh, throughout this entire process. Um, we were told we were going to get treated well. And so uh, I think that they tried their best. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, I don't think that there was any bad intention amongst all this. And so, you know, I, I want everybody to know that. But, you know, it really did suck, you know, having to go through this. You know, I remember... I was in my room when this happened. We we had just practiced. It was, you know, something just regular. It was a regular day. Uh, you know, teams were starting to make cuts. Um, and my homie came in because, uh, you know, I had a feeling I was going to get cut just because I had an injury. Um, and a team can't really do too much with the injured player. And I had one of my homies come in, and he just kind of just said it. Yo, it's done. It's over. And I remember looking at him, and I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, yep, they're kicking everybody out their hotel rooms right now. 
And, you know, I just remember looking around like, what am I going to do? Like, my, my, in my head, I'm like, what now? You know? Um, and I know a lot of other athletes, you know, we kept our cool, you know, um, you know, everybody tried to play a level-headed, but I know there were a lot of other guys thinking the same thing as me, like, what am I going to do? Because we put everything on the line. Some people, some people quit jobs. Um, some people quit occupations and, and, you know, put stuff on pause. And so, uh, you know, I just, it, it was real tough because it's not fair. You know what I mean? To a lot of the athletes there, you know, uh, we didn't have a lot of stuff we could run to as far as, you know, options. Uh, you know, the XFL is coming up, the NFL is here, but, you know, we we were set back like two weeks just because, you know, it's not like, you know, we could continue making money at home while we were here through training camp. That's the bad thing is that we got screwed over during training camp. So, uh, you know, I don't know what we can do. You know, I feel like, you know, there needs to be something done about this for people that, you know, we're just looking for that opportunity. We came out there for a dream that we were going to, you know, we were supposed to have the opportunity to live out at least for just five games, um, and we couldn't even get that. So, you know, I feel like, you know, we need to make something happen. Something needs to be said. Something needs to be done. And I'm not sure how to go about it just because, you know, being quite frankly honest with you, I'm just a 24-year-old. 25-year-old now that, you know, just wants to play football. You know, I didn't go to school for a legal term. You know, I didn't go to school to be a lawyer. And so, uh, you know, we also screwed over out of this. But, you know, we don't really have answers right now. Did you guys ever hear back from the league, like, telling you, like, apologizing? I know I read something saying they were trying to make amends or trying to make it up to you guys. Have you guys heard anything from anybody? Uh, You know... Being legit with you, I mean, just from my point of view, I heard something from the coach, you know, me and the coach, my personal coach, uh, we still chatted back and forth after this all went down. Um, and it wasn't no bad, bad blood, but he didn't, he didn't have answers himself as to what the heck was going on. Uh, you know, he just, as far as what I heard, uh, I'd say four days ago, three days ago, they were trying to get the league back together. Um, but, you know, as far as I can tell right now, that league is not coming back. Uh, the, the website is shut down. Everything's shut down, man. So, you know, they, they talked about bringing it back. Uh, and they talked about reimbursing us for flights and stuff like that just because – we we had to pay for ourselves to get home, you know, after we got kicked out. We, you know, we could have stayed, but that was also a sketchy situation. Um, you know, a lot of the guys had to find their own way of transportation. I didn't have money for a flight, so I had to carpool with some of my homies, you know what I mean, that I met there back to Houston and then carpool again back home. So, you know, you know they put a lot of people in a bind. Uh 
And, you know, again, we just wanted to play football, you know. So, you know, I think a lot of people can relate. You know, there's, you know, some things that you love and you just want things to go right with this. And then, you know, something ends up going wrong, not by your cause, but, you know, because someone else didn't take care of business. And so now you don't know what to trust. Yeah. You don't know how to feel about the game. So a little scarring for, you know, a lot of people, but, you know. And I can understand why that would feel scarring, but I hope this does not discourage you or any of the other players who kind of felt left out from from this one specific league. And I know sometimes it doesn't work out for these spring leagues, but the USFL has, you know, proven to be fairly successful. The XFL was as well before the pandemic, you know, shortened the season, and now the XFL is coming back. Have you what yeah. have you been able to do or how have you let's see how I'm trying to word this question. Have you already, you know, planned a way to prepare yourself for when the XFL comes next spring and already trying to, you know, talk with people or talk with agents to make sure that you have an opportunity to get on an XFL roster? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, kind of what got me here is just being the way that I am, uh, putting in the work that I put in day in and day out. You know, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to stop that, you know, crazy enough. Uh, you know, I could see myself being 50, 60 years old, still trying to get it in the gym for some certain reason, just because I love it. So, um, you know, I plan on networking my entire life, just like we're doing now, um, holding conversations with people that know the game, you know, want to know the truth, uh, have aspiring dreams and aspirations, helping those people reach them um, and stuff like that, man. Um, just because I think those things are important. I think it's important to uplift the people around you. Um, and, you know, I, I think we all should really try and do that, man. So, you know, I don't feel like we do that enough as free agents and football players, you know, because this game is so different nowadays. Uh, you know, it's kind of who you can put your leg on. But, you know, I don't think like that, man. So, you know, I hope we as athletes can come together and continue to just uplift each other throughout all this type of stuff because, you know, wasn't nobody helping us get through this but each other whenever this happened. Um, you know, and so, you know, I feel like we forget that as football players. So, you know, we'll get it together soon enough. But, you know, I just want to spread that message out there. Absolutely. And thank you for taking this opportunity to do so, especially on these airways where a lot of people do seem to be listening. But, LaDon, thank you so much once again for joining the show and being here and, you know, talking with us. And can you please let everybody know your socials so they can so they can follow you so you can try to get more connections out there? Of course, man. My Instagram is VicStick04. Um, my TikTok should be VicTheStick. And my Twitter is also VicStick04. Just give me a shout-out, um, and I'll be glad to help anybody else that's going through this or wants to know about this, wants any information. Um, I'm more than glad to help out and tell you what I know. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so, so much. We'll be right back after this quick break. Please give Vic a follow. See y'all in one minute. Paying for cable these days just isn't really worth it. But how are you going to watch the Royals? Well, Tanner's Bar and Grill has got you covered. Located at 1200 Morrow in Aggieville, Tanner's 22 different screens will have the Royals no matter where you look. While you're there, you can grab a fresh Booga or maybe even one of the 16 different ice-cold beers Tanner's has on tap. Or their over 40 different craft beers and seasonal drinks. 
You can also enjoy the great summer weather at the Tanner's Patio. If you can't be at the K, Tanner's is the place to be. This is Darren Lee Lewis, Director of Advertising Sales and Marketing for Collegian Media Group at Kansas State University. MHK Housing is your one-stop shop for off-campus housing in Manhattan. With over 300 properties available on our website and easy-to-navigate filters, MHK Housing helps you find housing in all shapes, sizes, and prices all over the Little Apple. Brought to you by Collegian Media Group, MHK Housing is designed by students for students. For more information, go to mhkhousing.com. That's mhkhousing.com. MHK Housing, your key to off-campus campus housing. Welcome back to Run It Back. You guys just missed the first half of this hour. We had Vic Hubbard, who is a former defensive back for Peru State. He was trying to make it into the league. Everyone, please give him a follow at VicStick04. Great, great interview. But now we're going to Getting into some other stuff. Getting into some other stuff. Other All stuff right. that is much less fun, but we have to talk about it because we have not talked about it on any shows this week. And I actually have to let y'all know my hatred because my hatred wakes me up in the morning sometimes. <laughs> and this time it's about Deshaun Watson, okay? For those who don't know, even though y'all should, I've talked about this man before on my shows earlier in the summer and last semester, but... This man, he just signed with the Cleveland Browns for $230 million for five years. And he's had 25 civil lawsuits filed against him for sexual misconduct. 25 different women. I I mean, the NFL also wants to fine him heavily and and mandate that he he will undergo therapy before returning to play. Uh, I I mean, news news broke just after... 4 p.m. Eastern time and uh, to lead early uh, uh, to lead the early evening and late news sports coverage. So it was it was well documented that night as well. Yeah, and despite all of this, this has been an entire thing for for over a year since since last summer. Since I think I want to say like May or June of last I summer, so, yeah. this this story you know came about first. It was like. Five women accused Deshaun Watson of sexual misconduct and assault. Then it turned to nine. Then it turned to 16 and to 21. And finally, the final number was 25. And it was like, oh, my gosh. And the league only gave him a six-game suspension. Everyone's been talking about, like, so how long How long is he going to get suspended for? He's going to be suspended for a year? He's going to be suspended for, for, like, indefinitely? This is where the conversations were at. But then all of a sudden – the what was it the actual former judge for the NFL who you know took this case on she gave him six, six games. games Sue L Robinson on the ruling on Monday gave him six games and everyone who's not a Cleveland Browns fan was like mm-hmm, excuse me uh, yeah I mean I, I was I was stunned by that as well this new round of legal jousting prompts freshest questions not just necessarily for Cleveland I mean, we all know why uh, they gave Watson a record-breaking contract and when they traded him, uh, traded for him as well. I mean, they think they very early quarterback away from a Super Bowl, but, I mean, outside of football, I mean, there was just a lot of sanctions that hit Watson more, uh, more seriously than Tom Brady triggered for alleged deflating footballs. And yet, and yet I mean, that that's like nothing to what, what – for the amount of allegations that took place with Deshaun Watson. And you're absolutely right. And then there was, of course, uh, Calvin Ridley 
former Atlanta Hawks, or excuse me, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver who was suspended for an yeah, entire for, year for gambling, gambling. Uh, $1,500 for the team he wasn't even a part of at that time. He was not a part of the Falcons because he took time for himself for mental health. He had, was not associated with the team whatsoever, but betted $1,500 on them that they would win a game. And from that, he was suspended for an entire year. You look at that. And then you look at Deshaun Watson with 25 lawsuits against him for sexual misconduct. And, of course, the article that came out from the New York Post a few months ago, if you all have read that, if you have not, it is daunting and it's disgusting. Like, there was more research put into that article from that from that reporter than the NFL and, like, Judge Sue L. Robinson, who only talked to four victims when there was 25. They, she only talked to four and concluded that it was nonviolent and yeah. nonviolent, you know, offenses or conduct in like in their in their conduct policy is going to be six games. And that's just absolutely and utterly ridiculous. They they didn't take their time to to enforce anything on Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. And uh, I, I mean, you said it only four only four out of a 25 uh, people who who um, force the allegations like I mean, you got to have more uh, you got to have more um I mean, you just got to have more variety of people uh, giving their giving their uh, um, perspective on Deshaun Watson. Uh, well, in terms of in terms of the allegations. And you're absolutely right. But it's also the crazy thing is, I don't know how many people have talked about it, but in but in Deshaun Watson's contract with the Cleveland Browns, of course, that two hundred and thirty million dollars highest paid QB. Highest paid QB. Yeah. In that for his first year of his of his contract, he was only getting paid like a million dollars. So that means the Cleveland Browns were already prepared for him to not play his first season with the Cleveland Browns. So even the own franchise who actually got him assumed that he would not be available to play his first year. And uh, this <laughs> is what the NFL has been and gave him the disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson gave him six games. I mean, if it, what what kind of plot plot twist might have prompted Watson to, uh, I mean, take the microscope of his own actions at this point? I mean, if it, if it's not the six game suspension, Robbins, uh, um, the NFL wanted to impose, it, it might have been words um, that they've been able to use in conduct. I mean, this this is just this is just ba- badly managed um, by the NFL, and I mean, not only that, but. Uh, the, the fact that Cleveland even took the advantage of still going after him, it's just completely mind-boggling. Absolutely. It is, it's uh, – but, but I am glad we, – we kind of knew what the yeah. NFL would do or what at least Roger Cadell would do would be to appeal for, like, this six-game suspension, knowing that every everyone with a brain and even a splash of empathy would have to know that six games is is not enough. For someone who has, you know, 25 allegations against him, which was probably even more because granted in that uh, yeah. article from the New York Post, this man has had 66 massage therapists in 17 months. Jeez. That is a lot. No one that needs 66 of that many things in that short amount of time if they do not have a problem. This man is weird. This man is grimy. This man has a problem. And honestly, I and I will say this over these airways. I have never wished more for a man's downfall. Or a team's downfall. Because the Cleveland Browns, knowing that everyone's all desperado to get this man, and Cleveland Browns gave him this much money, knowing everything was not set in stone yet, and then just, of course, Deshaun Watson being the man who he is. Uh, I've never wished more for somebody's downfall, and I will say that loud and proud with my whole chest. 
Yeah, I, I can't blame you. I mean, even if we gave Watson every benefit or every doubt, assuming all 24 of his accusers, uh, accusers fabricated the stories and, and, and no still and, and concluded that Watson is a real victim, wouldn't he still regret something? His vetting process, his character judgment, his willingness to trust dozens of people uh, in, his, in his telling were, were actually con artists? I mean, if he says he doesn't regret any of it, he might be lying. I mean, which is a problem for under, but understandable given the stakes. Or he just might be a liar, which is a, a character flaw, and you know, it just makes it even more of a tougher puzzle to solve. I mean, because he's he's you know still claiming his innocence, but then of course the Cleveland Browns put out a statement saying that he feels remorse. How can a man feel remorse when he's been claiming his innocence this <laughs> entire time? So that already in itself is contradictory. And I'm telling you, and of course, there are people who are like, you know, they're all just trying to get another brother down, whatever it is. There's like, you know what, they lying, the man's telling the truth. When can you ever, can you grab 25 people off the street and have them agree on anything? I don't think so. No, no. <laughs> You would not be able to do that. And when these 25 women all have, like, very similar stories about the crap that he tries to pull, and everyone, please, I remind you to read, the, like, this New York Post article, if there's a paywall... It sucks that paywalls are a thing now, but if you have a chance to read it, please do read it. It is a lot of really, really good information and really good investigative reporting. But this, just going through this, and people are saying, like, you know what? Yeah, you know, no, they're lying. Once again, you try to get 25 people off the street to agree on anything, anything at all. Yeah. And all those other Cleveland Browns fans are like, you know what? He wasn't convicted. He was not guilty or anything, but he wasn't in it, like innocent either. It never went it, to trial. It, okay? Exactly. It, it yeah. never went to trial. And also one, like one more thing, these people who are yeah. saying like, who's still real thick in the head saying, nah, he didn't do it. Okay. Let Deshaun, say Deshaun Watson goes up to you right now and asks for your sister's number or ask for your daughter's number. Would you give it to him knowing that he has this rep? He has now, even though it's allegations, from 25 different women. Would you like would you give him your sister or your daughter's number? Mm-mm. No, you wouldn't. Why? Why, why, no, why would you, you even wouldn't. question that? I don't know, but there are still people in this world who are saying it with their whole chest, like I'm doing about why I don't like this man, but how they still love this man. And I'm doing it just for them and giving them these examples. I mean, I mean, Watson claims he is. Watson uh, claims to not have any misgivings about his actions that brought us here. I mean, that's his position in March, but a lot has changed since then. And it was his position in June, but a lot has changed since then. But but, but if he really believes nothing he has done is regretful, then he might have an issue most of us aren't equipped to diagnose. 66 therapists in 17 months. Yes. Uh, If I made 24... If I made 24 decisions in a two-year span that all ended me getting sued, I would, at minimum, regret the company I kept. I mean, it's and it's and it's that simple. It's that simple. <laughs> it is that simple. Clearly, I don't know whatever you think did or did not happen between him and all those massage therapists. You know, he did something. This man has a problem somewhere. Because I talked about this before earlier in the summer where they were, you know, still on Deshaun Watson because this this Deshaun Watson thing is not going away. It's not going it away not at going all. It's not going away. But I know uh, Damian Woody, he is a former Super Bowl champion with the New, like, New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Okay, former defensive tackle. And he says when NFL players find that one good trainer, find that one good physical therapist, find that one good person that helps them take care of their body, they do not try to find somebody else. They try to keep that person however the way they can. So for someone to have 66 different people trying to 
you know, have like take care of their body. That's weird. That's a weird thing. That's already in itself is very, very abnormal. It's just a very weird concept. The fact that you had to like keep things the way you want to by by having that many people uh, j- just just do do stuff that is just completely uh, unnecessary and it's just it, it gives it, it leaves a bad taste into everyone's mouth it 100% does but you know good on Roger Dell even though he probably should do more this man he is kind more. of a wimp um but this time he's you know he's chosen uh like you know a designated go into this case and try to appeal for a a heftier suspension. And he got Attorney General Peter C. Harvey to try to appeal for it. And, of course, Deshaun Watson, he's probably going to appeal that, and that's going to turn into a whole thing. So who knows when a suspension might really take place because there was an example that I heard this morning when Ezekiel Elliott, he had that six-game suspension in, I think, 2017 um, for – he had a six-game sus- suspension, and he and he was fighting that. He had that suspension mm-hmm. in August, and it did not go forth until October. So between August and October, he was still playing games until that suspension actually started. So, so, kind, of, so kind of in the same time span, Deshaun Watson. Uh, almost, like, yes. Like six weeks. And yeah, all it that. was one not nearly as egregious as, as this yeah, whatsoever. No, 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 no. Nothing is as egregious as this. But it's like as far as like how the suspensions could go to where Deshaun Watson could very much still start week one because if you know if um Peter C. Harvey attorney general you know says okay we are going to have him you know suspended indefinitely at least one year okay and Deshaun Watson tries to fight that during until they fight until they have a conclusion of when this man could be suspended that's not going to happen until it's set in stone so he can still play games until it is set in stone that's that's pretty much the best way you could have put it right there. Yeah. I, I don't think I could have said it much better. And and it's it sucks that we're in this boat. That's why I said this story is not going away. Considering like I assume that he is going to fight it. You I mean he's, yeah. he hasn't, you know, switched up his stance for an entire year now, so I don't know why he would do it now. So but that's that's just what it is. A lot of things need to change and I know um the disciplinary officer She's used the wordage of, like, this was, like, not violent. What he was doing was not violent. Okay, so, so it just means you okay. can be a complete and total creepo to anyone you want and really have no issues whatsoever. That's not the point. It just needs – the conduct in itself, I guess, needs to be worded differently. Things just really, really have to change because this is abysmal. A lot more precautionary measures have to be taken into place uh, a with, lot, with, a, a, with a situation – this is exposing so much about the NFL. It is exposing. I mean, not just. I mean, especially towards the Cleveland Browns, thinking they can get away with with a situation like that. See, that's dumb on themselves. See, once again, team, number one team. I hope to have the downfall. It's not the Eagles, even though I'm a Cowboys fan. They have missed. They have moved the Eagles down to two. Who I wish I think, for a downfall. I think. May, I think maybe if I'm wishing for another downfall, it might have to be the Commanders. Uh, yeah, that too. Oh yeah, with Dan Snyder. Just with the amount of Ugh, uh, situations that Dan Snyder uh, has been under with with Washington, uh, there's uh, so many issues you can bring up that is more similar than we'd like to admit. 
just the ownership on all the stadium exactly. situation. I mean, it ju- it just doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop. It doesn't. It, and it's not going to go away either because the power of social media. But also that can work in our favor because that's why it's not going away. These things can't necessarily be brushed underneath the rug as easily as it was, say, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's always going to be at the forefront. So that's some positivity you can find about having social media and crap like this. Yeah. So... I know that's I know there's there's so much more I could it's say a, on the show. This, this is a whole this is a whole different can of worms we we just opened up. Oh, isn't it? It is the biggest can of worms I think I've opened on the air. But that's saying a lot because I still have to get to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> but we will get to the Dallas Cowboys after this short break. Midwest Dream Car Collection is proud to showcase a stunning collection of over 60 cars ranging from classics as early as 1907 to modern day supercars. Their diverse collection has something for everyone, including custom cars, exotic cars, and classic cars. Exhibits are routinely rotated, so you'll always see something new. Explore their self-serve beer and wine wall and enjoy a drink as you view the exhibits. Open to the public every Thursday through Sunday, located next door to Powercat Sports Grill at 3007 Anderson Avenue in Manhattan. For more information, visit them online at midwestdreamcarcollection.org. And we're back to run it back with Jasmine Halliburton and John Groves right here on Wildcat 91.9. So, you know, if you missed earlier, we talked to my homie uh, Vic Hubbard. Then we talked extensively about Deshaun Watson and why I wish for this man's downfall. And it's been absolute chaos for the NFL. But now it's something a little bit more on the positive side. Hey, yo. We got football coming up. We have football coming up. The first. Well, actually, we have football yesterday. Yes. It's already here. The first NFL preseason started yesterday, which means from this here on until February, we have football every single weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, just give us a clap. A clap on your couches. If you're in the Woo! car, do it safely. Okay, that's it. Right. So, John, I know you are really, you're a big Broncos fan. We'll talk a little bit about training camp, what we know, because NFL is coming, and it's coming quickly. And already the Denver Broncos is in the toughest division, division in football in the AFC West. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I think that's the one distraction you, you would pull out. I mean, Denver was really one of the bigger teams in, uh, that the media was on uh, with, the, with the addition of Russell Wilson. I mean, that move instantly, in my opinion, made, uh, made Denver an instant Super Bowl contender right. uh, in the heels of, of six consecutive seasons. Uh, in terms of missing the playoffs, I mean, and they have a lot more pieces now with with the quarterback position and a and a stronger stronger position than it has over the past few years. The only impediment is is what you said is the strength of the AFC West. I mean, each team has a quarterback capable of winning the division, whether it's Derek Carr. Uh, oh, what what's a, what's a Chargers quarterback? Uh, uh, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Yep, yep. Uh, it, it's been the off season. I understand. Yeah, I understand. A lot of chaos. And <laughs> a then, lot. And then, of course, you got Patrick Mahomes for Kansas City. Um, but w- with the new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, also arriving, uh, the energy has really returned to Do- to Doe Valley, and so has the promise for an innovative offense. W- what fans have to look forward to offensively under the Hackett-Wilson ticket, um, which, which is probably my my in- interest, in- my take on it, um, of course, uh, you'll have Javante Williams as one of the top running backs and projects as the starter uh, after splitting carries with Melvin Gordon last season. Uh, and Williams, he just never – he has a never-quit attitude uh, combined with great balance, made him a weekly uh, candidate for the NFL's 
NFL Network's Angry Run Award uh, every week. Um, I mean, you also got Melvin Gordon as well. You yeah. get so of course you got the running back uh, position uh, w- well well set, um, as well as as well as having a bunch of key wide receivers as well. Um, so the offense it has a, a massive opportunity to take a step forward this year. And then looking at the de- at the defense, oh, I accidentally looked at the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, stuff. yeah that'll we'll be, that'll that be my burden to bear. I mean, every Broncos fan has an eye focused on the offense right now. Uh, but the team traded – I mean, with that being said, the Broncos defense is deserving some of the fan excitement too because th- this unit is poised to have – one of its greatest seasons. It, it could be one of the best units in the NFL if the health of the players uh, are able to hold up. Um, there are some players with elite caliber poten- potential on uh, both sides of the ball, but it, but the inability to stay healthy has derailed the respective progress into elite status lately. But if these players are, ab- are finally able to uh, make the leap, uh, this defense will be loaded. But overall, the Broncos... Um, this is the most amount of excitement we haven't seen in a long time, and uh, I'm I'm for one on board with the Russell Wilson, uh, what's it Broncos country, let's ride type oh, of meme. Goodness, yes, that has become a definitely popular popular meme. But now moving from a really promising offense in the toughest division in football to a little bit less uh. promising to one of the worst divisions in football in the NFC East and the Dallas Cowboys. Your Dallas Cowboys. Uh. I, I have said this many times on these airways before. No one, <laughs> no no man will ever break my heart more than the Dallas Cowboys have already. So y'all come at me with y'all want to come at me with, okay? There's nothing you can say can hurt me more than they already did. But into Cowboys training camp, it's been, uh, it's been rough on the offensive side of the ball. You can look at last year's roster and look at this year's roster and say they might have, you know, taken a step back. But that's not a surprise considering who Jerry and Stephen Jones is. Yeah. But the reason why it's more of a step back and also now that CeeDee Lamb is the only wide receiver at training camp who has ever caught a touchdown pass from Dak Prescott because Michael Gallup, he's still recovering from an ACL injury. And you had, uh, let's see, uh, James Washington, or uh, he just uh, broke, his, uh, broke his foot and that'll keep him out for six to ten weeks. So... The only guys yeah. we have are guys who doesn't have a lot of playing time yeah. whatsoever. We have, you know, rookies and uh, Jalen Tolbert and Dennis Houston, who was undrafted. And you got Noah Brown, Simi Fayoko, who was like, a, I think, a seventh rounder last year. And Noah Brown, who was the only other only other wide receiver who has playing experience in the NFL. He just hasn't gotten a touchdown pass from Dak Prescott yet. And that's it. CeeDee Lamb. It's it. It's yeah, the, the he, gap is huge he, between Ceedee Lamb and the rest of these guys that I listed, and you guys probably do not know who they are. He, he, he's gonna he's gonna emerge clearly as the standout number one wide receiver without Cooper uh, to share the targets. Uh, I mean, maybe you'll get some stuff going with tight end Dalton Schultz as well, from what I've been seeing yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, he had a he had a surprisingly uh, big breakout uh, season uh, in 2021. Um, in terms, of, in terms of a running, running, uh, in terms of a running back situation, like keeping on the ground, uh, I, I think Elliott may be aging faster than what the Cowboys want to admit. But he still had 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns last season. Yeah, I, I'm okay with the two back system between Ezekiel Elliott yeah, and I, uh, Tony Pollard. I have people have been trying to, you know, pit them against each other, saying you can't have one without the other. Like, look here. I know I just spent like a good half an hour dogging on the Cleveland Browns, but I mean their two back system <laughs> works fine 
with um, uh, Kareem oh, Hunt. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. And, and... Uh, gosh, you know, it is a long off season. Y'all know what I'm talking about, okay? They're they're be- like yeah, of the two, that. they're better running back, and clearly their their running game has never had an issue with that two back system, and I don't think it will be an issue here. The only issue is just moving the ball more when on- when all you have is going to be Ceedee Lamb, essentially, probably for the first six weeks of the season. And you know, I said this, I told I told John this off air, is that I do have a theory when it comes to Jerry Jones and why things like this always seem to happen. We have a good year, think they can do more with less, and have an awful year the next year because they thought they can do more with less, but it seems like they couldn't. And it's a sw- it's a flip-flop every single time. Good year, bad year. They, more, they realize they couldn't do more with less, they add some people to do good, and then the cycle repeats itself and repeats itself, okay? The thing with Jerry Jones is, is that this man will not leave this earth until he wins a Super Bowl. <laughs> Okay, and I do believe he's doing everything he can to make sure that does not happen while still keeping the Cowboys relevant. That's what he Uh, he does uh, just enough to keep them relevant, but not enough to help them win a Super Bowl. I don't know. He made some deal with somebody in supernatural abilities to where this man could not leave this earth until he wins a Super Bowl. I mean, of course, Dallas. I mean, regardless of how Jerry, how Jerry Jones will. Still, kind of keep them up till these days. Dallas is more of a uh, recognizable brand. Not trying to win. It's money. It's money. And That's I hate right. that because I want to. I hate losing. Okay, I hate losing where, so, where you, so much. Were you referring? Uh, I'm kind of looking up a running back uh, depth chart for the Browns. Where is it? Nick Chubb. Yeah, was Nick it, as Chubb. the other one was it? Nick I was. Chubb? I was honestly thinking like Chuba Hubbard, but obviously that was not the right guy because he was the, the running back for Oklahoma I think, State last I think, year. I think Dearness Johnson was another one. Yeah, Dearness Johnson is really good, but the two, the main two back system is um, Chubb and Hunt. With, with Chubb and Hunt, and they had no issues with their run game whatsoever. And I think it could be the same thing with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel. So that yeah. part I'm not worried about. Just the option where Dak has to throw the ball to outside there's of Dalton just, Schultz and CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, there's just not a, a little, lot of options. That's a li- exactly. That's a little bit different. But, like, man, I'm telling you, this is another thing that I can go on all flipping day about. Mm-hmm. But I can't. And I'm sorry. But Monday, I know the show's done. Time flies when you're having such a great time. But that's <laughs> been it for Run It Back. Colby will be back with training camp with Colby Van Camp. That will be back on Monday. And when the semester starts back up, you will hear this wonderful voice again in your speakers every yeah. single Monday. So please tune in for that. I'll see y'all when I'll see y'all.